Hello, I'm Kendra Von Esch, and you are listening to my 10-minute daily podcast, Reality Reflections. I bought into what this world said would make me happy. Money, prestige, power. And hey, if it feels good, do it, because life is stressful, so party hard. Do whatever makes you happy. But that didn't quite work out, because I felt even more insecure, full of fear, shame, and anxiety, and never, ever good enough. Then God found me and flipped my reality upside down and transformed my life. And I want this for everyone. So I left my executive career to help others find true acceptance, supernatural peace, joy, and love that only comes from a relationship with God. Here is my reality reflection for today. If today you hear his voice, harden not your heart. I remember hearing this so many times at Mass when I was in my early journey, and it didn't make any sense to me. I was like, well, geez, if I could hear his voice, why would I harden my heart? I'm not even sure what his voice sounds like. What does it mean to harden your heart? I want to hear God's voice. So let's talk about this in practical ways today. But first, I want to show you what hardening your heart really means in the readings today. So I'm going to read the first reading and the gospel and really dive into some massive people and how they hardened their hearts to God's voice. So today... We're going to read Numbers chapter 20, verse 1 through 13. The whole congregation of the children of Israel arrived in the desert of Zin in the first month, and the people settled at Kadesh. It was there that Miriam died, and here that she was buried. As the community had no water, they held counsel against Moses and Aaron. The people contended with Moses, exclaiming, Would that we too had perished with our kinsmen in the Lord's presence. Why have you brought the Lord's assembly into this desert where we and our livestock are dying? Why did you lead us out of Egypt only to bring us to this wretched place, which has neither grain nor figs nor vines nor pomegranates? Here there is not even water to drink. But Moses and Aaron went away from the assembly to the entrance of the meeting tent, where they fell prostrate. Then the Lord, then the glory of the Lord appeared to them, and the Lord said to Moses, Take your staff and assemble the community, you and your brother Aaron, and in their presence order the rock to yield its waters. From the rock, You shall bring forth water for the congregation and their livestock to drink. So Moses took his staff from its place before the Lord, and he was ordered as he was ordered. Sorry. He and Aaron assembled the community in front of the rock, where he said to them, Listen to me, you rebels. Are we to bring water for you out of this rock? Then raising his hand, Moses struck the rock twice with his staff, and water gushed out in abundance for the people and their livestock to drink. 
But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you were not faithful to me in showing forth my sanctity before the children of Israel, you shall not lead this community into the land I will give them. These are the waters of Meribah, where the children of Israel contended against the Lord, and where the Lord revealed his sanctity among them. Okay, I want to digest this and break this down for a second. There were two times that Moses had his staff and whacked a rock and water came out of it. And the first time was abiding by God's commandment to do just that. The second time, God said, hey, what did he say exactly? <laughs> he didn't say, hey. Um, sorry for that big, loud car in the background. Take your staff. Da, 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 da. And in their presence, order the rock to yield its waters. From the rock, you shall bring forth water for the congregation and the livestock to drink. So God said, say to the rock, order the rock verbally. But what did Moses do? He took his staff and he whacked the rock, right? Just like he did the last time. Twice. And of course, water gushed out. But he didn't do what God asked him to do. If God said, Speak to the rock and order water to come out. Don't you think that would be quite an, a, an amazing feat? Because he just used his voice, glorifying the Lord, calling out, you know, having God work through him. That would have been much more powerful than taking the staff, which, by the way, back in the day, the shepherds knew that when they were in these deserted places, that there were little oases of water that they could take their staff and just smack through the limestone and find the water underneath. So kind of, you know, not such a miraculous thing at the end of the day. And, and so I think that God was, they heard his voice literally in the tent. Nobody but Moses has heard clearly from God. And yet he hardened his heart and did it his way. And guess what? He never went into the promised land. That was his punishment. All right. You might, things might be connecting to you here. So let's go to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16, verse 13 through 23. Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist others Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter said in reply, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said to him in reply, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly Father. And so I say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. 
I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly ordered his disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer greatly from the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. Then Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. God forbid, Lord, no such thing shall ever happen to you. He turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle to me. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. So here you've got Peter, who obviously was given the faith from God in proclaiming that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, yeah, hey, buddy, you got this from my heavenly father. You didn't get this from flesh and blood, from physical things, from your own humanity. This was a gift from God. So A, that's what faith is. It's a beautiful gift from God. We don't learn it or earn it. It comes to us from the Lord. But then, obviously, he doesn't know God's bigger plans. Peter's like, and I, 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 I side with Peter, right? Oh, Lord, this can't happen to you. No, God forbid, no such thing. And he's like, hey, get behind me, Satan. That's an interesting one. Because in the end, maybe it's Satan that's clouding Peter's listening to God's voice, right? Jesus is God. He is telling them what needs to happen and what is going to happen. But yet Peter is hardening his heart to it. Why? Because he's not thinking as God does. He's thinking as a human being does. Now, these are two big people, Peter and Moses. So let's talk practically. Let's fast forward to 2021. I'm almost at my 10 minutes but I think it's important because God is always talking to us. And all too often, we choose not to listen. We harden our hearts and do our own thing. Just in confession yesterday, I heard God speak clearly, not mincing any words to me from the priest. And I knew that was God's voice, and I must do this. I must do this. No longer what I want to do, what God wants me to do. And so it can be something in sinful terms, right? Maybe you're being tempted. Maybe you're, you have bad habits in your life. Maybe you eat too much. You don't exercise. Maybe you are addicted to pornography, or you stream shows all day, every day. Maybe you are drinking too much, doing drugs, on social media too much, playing too many video games. Maybe God is poking you and putting in your mind, why are you spending your time on this? Shouldn't you be spending more time with me and praying to me? Maybe you are not sacrificing or fasting 
As a matter of fact, sorry, there is a garbage truck outside my window. You're probably going to hear some noise. But this morning I was boiling some water in a tea kettle. I have a little bit of honey and lemon in the morning and the top was off a little bit. It wasn't secure. And normally I put the oven mitt on my hand to pour it just because it's hot. I mean, the steam comes out of the of the opening where I'm pouring it out of the spout and it burns my hands. Well, the lid came off. Okay. The truck is out right outside my door. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. And the lid came off and the steam just rushed to the bottom of my palm and the and the tender part of my wrist. And I almost dropped the kettle immediately. But of course, I, you know, put it back on the stove and a couple more seconds of that steam. So immediately I rushed my hand under the water and I grabbed some ice and I was like, how stupid of me. And I thought, in my mind, why did you let that happen, God? And then I immediately said, wait a minute. I mean, it was really me. I didn't do what I normally do, which is put the mitt on. And I also obviously didn't close the lid. And so bottom line, I immediately heard his voice to say, use this as a, as a suffering and an offering. So I immediately, I've, I've offered it up, I can't tell you how many times, because I have my little plastic bag of ice right here where I'm, <laughs> where I'm resting my hand because it's relief. And oh, I just put it back on there. I haven't had it on since uh, I've started. And I've just said, Lord, I offer this up to you for my love of you, for the reparation of sinners, and for all of those who are pretty much indifferent to our Blessed Mother. And I kept offering it up. So I heard him and I did his will. Otherwise, I could have been complaining and been like, why did you let this happen, Lord? No, I didn't harden my heart. So maybe it's something else. Maybe the Lord wants you to be more intimate and loving with your spouse or the people in your life, at your job, at, in your family, with your friends. Maybe he wants you to forgive other people and let it go. Maybe he wants you to surrender to him and stop trying to control everything. Maybe he wants you to detach from the world, from those people who you are constantly wondering, what are they thinking of me? What are they saying about me? And finally, just live for the audience of one. Maybe he wants you to forgive yourself. Maybe he wants you to pray more, to sacrifice more, to spend that time in peace, even though you don't want to. That's what this means. If today you hear God's voice, harden not your heart. Sometimes it's not easy what we hear. But if you're starting to feel like you need to be doing something and you don't want to, but you know it's the right thing and you know it's what God wants, you are hardening your heart if you turn away. So let's pray on what that is. And when you hear God's voice, that's either guilt, that's 
something that comes to you while you're in the midst of something just like my burnt hand, right? Stop whining to me about this. I didn't do this to you. You were an idiot and did it yourself. I mean, that's kind of what I heard God say, but I'm sure he didn't say it in those words. Hey, use this. This is a suffering. Offer it up for all those people out there who don't know me, who don't have me in their life to walk and help them. And it goes back to the help me, Lord. So when you hear what he's saying to you and you don't, A, want to do it, or B, know how to do it, or C, have tried and tried and failed so you've given up because you haven't called on God to help you, maybe that's where God's leading you. Let's do this together. You're not on your own out there. The Lord is always there, ready to pour out grace in your life, ready to help you through all of the trials and also to be there to celebrate all of the triumphs in your life. Let's not harden our hearts. Let's ask God to help us with all of these things that we believe he is prompting us and asking us to do, give us the grace to do it. That's why prayer every day is so important. Because when we hear his voice, and we hear it all the time, a lot of the times we don't realize, wow, that thought or that guilt or that feeling that I have is really God. That we should turn toward him and ask him for the grace every day to help us. We must surrender to him every day. Give him our life, our mind, our body, our soul, our spirit, our thoughts, our words, our actions and deeds. Make them all of you, God. Because when we surrender to him and we open ourselves, we empty ourselves and open ourselves to have his spirit fill us, all of our burdens are lighter. It's easier to get through those temptations and those sins, to forgive people, yourself included, to not be angry or judgmental toward others, and to not worry too much about what the world thinks of you. Continue to pray for what you are hearing God tell you to change in your life because we cannot do it ourselves. We can't. We need God's grace. Alrighty, everyone. I love you all. Have a blessed and inspired day.